I love it uh, when the Holy Spirit just comes together. Uh, what everything was spoken through the worship and what uh, Pastor Bob spoke, they have no idea of how that ties into what I'm speaking about today. And uh, talking about a baby, the, the greatest gift for you. And uh, it's just uh, really awesome how the Lord, we talk about love. Uh, my talking about the Christmas story today, or otherwise we could say, I'm talking about a love story. And that's what was, that was what was brought out up here, was talking about a love story. Well, anyway, I'm glad uh, for those of you that made it out, you made it out and you're safe. And uh, so really looking forward to uh, telling you a little bit about the love story today. Uh, <clears throat> as I already said, uh, um, I'm Alan Ward, as Zori mentioned, I'm uh, filling in today for Pastor Mike, as uh, Darren said, he's down at Lake Crystal. What's really awesome about that is our sister church, and uh, you talk about a love story. Uh, the pastoral staff down there um, is uh, from Victory here, and uh, they, uh, they had no idea uh, years ago that they were going to become pastors or whatever and stuff. That's how God is, is that God can touch your life sometimes in just a moment and change the course of history for you uh, for eternity. And his love for us is amazing. And, and we all have a story. We all have a journey. And it gives us a testimony now, all of us have a testimony, and uh, sometimes God's plan for us and our plan didn't go down the same road, that somewhere life beat us up or life took us on a different journey, but his original plan for us never leaves. He, he has that plan still for us. He's not like saying, okay, you blew it. You're out of here. You're done. But no, he will take us when we come back to him and say, Lord, I want back on that road. He will bring us back around to that original road and take us down to that plan, that love story he has for us to give us uh, what he wants to do. So anyway, if I had to title anything today, it's called The Greatest Gift for You. I believe for sure that this mic is only anointed by Pastor Mike. He's the only one that can wear this thing and not fall off the ear. But uh, there we go. All right, so here we go. So what I'm going to talk about today, we're going to have a lot of Scripture, so I'm going to tell you that right now. There's going to be a lot of Scripture. You're going to hear me read a lot of Scripture. And also, uh, later on down through the uh, sermon, you're also, I'm going to like tackle some what I call sacred cows. That's those cows that uh, should be put down maybe or whatever. I don't know. So uh, Christmas myths. All right. We're going to see if we can approach some of those that uh, we have about Christmas and uh, see if we can make sense of all of it. So anyway, let's see what the story looks like today and how it lines up with your story. The first 
the first thing that, uh, in Scripture is I'm going to be reading Isaiah 7.14. Now, in Isaiah, Isaiah's, his reading started like, or his prophecy started like in 700 B.C. Uh, before Christ. So from then till now, we're talking approximately uh, 2,800 years or, or whatever since Isaiah spoke these things. And it was like seven, 800 years before they even came to existence. He didn't even see these prophecies come to fulfillment before he died. And so he didn't even know by his eyes or witnessing these things that many of the things he spoke never did come in, as far as he knew, come into existence. But by faith, uh, I'm sure he did. So anyway, we're going to look at Isaiah 7.14. And this is where he's speaking uh, about what's going to happen with this chosen one called Mary. And it's a short one. It says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Meaning God with us. Now, he prophesied that, and then just a little bit, just a few chapters later in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, he's talking about the child that Mary's going to carry, what the child's going to do, how special this child is. And in, in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, I realize the print's a little small up there, unless you've got super good eyes. You can follow along in your own Bible. And it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And yes, he is. And so he prophesied this about her son, Emmanuel or Jesus. Now that was in the Old Testament, and so we take, we jump from the Old Testament now to going into the New Testament, and we're going to look at what Luke has to say about this. This is the announcement. Now God uses angels to do a lot of his ministry work and so forth, and so we're going to see that quite clearly here in the New Testament, how angels came, touched these people, and changed, radically changed their lives. All right, so we're looking at Luke 1, 26 through 33, and it's talking about Christ's birth announced to Mary. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, who usually is sent as a messenger, was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice highly, favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women." But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered that manner of greeting, this, what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Okay, so now the angels visited Mary, told Mary that she's going to conceive a child. Now you can only imagine for you women, if an angel came and visited you at night and said that you were going to conceive a child, 
supernaturally that how you would explain that to your future husband to be. It would be challenging. But the Lord, this is what I'm talking about, the Lord can change a person's life in, in just an amazing way. I'm not saying that we have to be, have an angel sent to us, but I'm saying that maybe something was spoken to you. Maybe uh, somebody uh, prophesied something to you. Uh, and, and that word is from the Lord. And if you take that word to, the, to heart, the Lord will, will act on it and stuff. So we're going to look now at Matthew 1, 18 through 25. Again, I, like I said, a lot of scripture today. It's one of those sermons. And it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled with which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and they should call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her or consummate his marriage with her until she brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now on that day, the law was that should that have happened, um, he could have had her actually stoned to death. That was actually the law of the land at that time. He could have brought her before the judges, if you will, of that time, and they would have stoned her for what she did. But Joseph wasn't going to do that. But he was going to walk away from her, but God knows everything we're going to do. Do you know that? He knows everything we're going to do. He knows our thoughts. He knows our actions. He knows what it is that we're thinking about doing. And so in order to have Joseph come in submission to what Gabriel had told Mary, he also sent an angel in his dream and told him, take her as your wife. This is me. Joseph, this is me doing this. This is, this is good. And so Joseph, being a just man, was, uh, was completely on board. And I, it's just amazing how God can, can do that. A lot of times, you know, uh, not to belabor on dreams and angels and that sort of things, but sometimes we can have dreams and we're like, yeah, what was that? You know, that was really strange or whatever and stuff. And, and or... It, it, it was a literal dream or whatever and stuff. And we just kind of like wipe it away as, oh, that was nothing. But God speaks to us through dreams. He spoke to Joseph through a dream. And he sent an angel in his dream so vivid that it changed what Joseph was going to do. I just want you to think about your journey. Have you ever encountered something that you've kind of like erased away and said you explained it away? But maybe it was the Lord speaking to you. What is your journey like? What does it look like? Okay, so 
we're going on. Here's the last uh, scripture. And then we're going to get into some good stuff. All right. And it came, this is Luke 2, 1 through 20. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Conarius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, and everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I will bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel, uh, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, meaning more angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was then when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at these things, which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for the things, for they had heard and seen as it was told of them. So, one thing as we read in that scripture is that it looks like the shepherds were in the field and immediately they just got up and they just went right away to where Joseph and Mary was. So this is one of those misconceptions or one of those things in Scripture that we have to put a lot of different things together because actually it wasn't quite the way that sounds like it happened. There's a lot of controversy of actually how long it took them to get to Joseph and Mary and the baby to anoint him. If we look in Scripture that the... Uh, now, the shepherds of the Magi of that time, Magi meaning they were like lords or kings. They were real wise men, and they were treated very highly because they made a lot of the decisions for the country. The king was above them, but he looked at them for almost everything and stuff. And they were to report to King Herod about where this baby was. And they knew that he wanted to destroy this child because he was envious of the child and he wanted it destroyed so uh they they didn't want this child to be destroyed and so uh they told him something other to uh, to uh derail him well when he found out he when he did find out he wanted all children two years or younger destroyed males 
in that city. So right away we get the clue that it could have been up to two years maybe before they got to him. I don't think it was that long. It's not the whole point of this whole sermon. But uh, a lot of times in our nativity scenes, we have all the shepherd and the wise men and everything and stuff. And that's great because there's no really other way to portray it. But the likelihood of them being there all right when he was newly born is, is not likely. Okay, the other thing, the other little myth is that... Uh, now, we all come from different diversities of backgrounds in here, I know, and different religions and everything, with myself included. And there's a lot of things that are brought up through other religions that sometimes are just not biblical and so forth. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit one of those today, and, and, uh, um, and that is the fact that Mary was chosen by God, okay? I don't want that to be confused by the fact that Mary was a God. She was chosen by God. She was favored by God and so forth to carry the child Jesus. Now, that did not make her anything other than a chosen woman that God had chose. And I know some religions actually worship Mary and pray to her. And I'm just saying, uh, and hopefully I'm not damaging anybody's toes or stepping anybody's toes today, but if you are doing that, if you're praying to Mary or having your past or whatever and stuff, I'm just wanting you to know that you are opening up the possibilities of uh, having a dark influence come into your life. Because they, Mary was just like you or I. Now the scripture says that we are saints. That's what the scripture calls us. We are saints. So was Paul and Peter and those. Those were saints. And also some religions worship those saints. Now I'm telling you, the scripture does not tell you to worship the dead. He tells you to worship God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit that lives in us. He doesn't tell us to pray to saints or those people. If you do this, I'm telling you, you're opening up a lot of dark influence to come into your life and create a lot of problems. And so, if that's you, that's one of the myths, that's one of the sacred cows I was just wanting to touch on today. So, also, now here's something really cool uh, about the shepherds. Or, or We celebrate Christmas here in just a few weeks, Right? And everybody thinks, oh, this is great. We're going to worship Jesus and everything. He was born here on the 25th of December and everything stuff. Wrong. He was not. So uh, it doesn't matter that he wasn't born in December, but let's talk about that a little bit actually and stuff and see if we can get an idea of when actually this actually did happen. Uh, the the uh, scripture indicates that the shepherds were in the field. And so we know uh, from studying, well, let me back up, is that, okay, they have winters just like we have winters. Only it's not as, I don't think they wake up to this much snow, but they can get snow and it can get cold there. For the shepherds to be out in the field and laying in the field sleeping at night, no, it ain't going to happen in the winter. So uh, it's going to be another time of the season. So the only time that we know that 
the shepherds actually were in the field with the sheep was when they were lambing. And when they lamb, there's only one time of the year, unlike humans, that they lamb, and that's in the early spring, and that's in March or early April. And so more than likely, that's when they were in the field. They were, it was sometime in March or April that the shepherds were out there, and they stay there overnight while the sheep are lambing to protect and look over that to make sure that everything goes okay. Some people say, well, no, it's in the fall. The only problem with saying it's in the fall is that the Feast of Tabernacles goes on in the fall, and it's required that all male men be at the Feast of Tabernacles, so there's no way they could have been in the field uh, if, because they're commanded to be at the Feast of Tabernacles. So I think highly likely it's in March or April that Jesus actually was born, and, and what day it was really doesn't matter. We're not celebrating a day. We're celebrating an event. We're celebrating a gift that was given us, and that was Jesus Christ, the Lord Savior, who was born for us, who gave us salvation, who gave us so much and everything. The greatest gift he gave for us. And, and so uh, that's what it was. Okay, now here's another cool thing is that March and April in the Jewish calendar is called Nisan. Okay, they don't go by January, February, or whatever. They go by different names, and that period is called Nisan. And it means new beginnings. New beginnings. Isn't that appropriate? New beginnings. We got new beginnings with a new Savior and so forth. So if we put this all together, if we look at this, God is so good. So the lambs also, now listen to this, lambs born in Bethlehem were usually used for temple sacrifice. Remember, this was still in the Old Testament, and they had to use animals for the sacrifice for the cleansing of sins. It didn't do away with sins like now but it was what they used for sacrifice. So all those lambs then were used for temple sacrifice. So if we put that all together, uh, lambs born in Bethlehem were mainly for temple sacrifice. Jesus was the lamb of sacrifice, born in a place of sacrifice that was also covered by shepherds. He was the lamb of sacrifice for us, and he became the shepherd for us to lead us. I mean, I don't know. I like it. If you don't like it, I'm sorry, I just like got a big kick out of that. I'm like, God is so good. And uh, maybe you uh not getting the, the uh, joy out of that I am. So anyway, God is amazing. He did give us the gift. And here in just a minute, I'm going to show a uh, video, a little video and stuff. And uh, it kind of says a lot and so forth. And remember, um, wherever you're at, in your journey. Um, maybe the gift, you just haven't had the impact of the gift of what God really meant for, for that to be in your life and so forth. And, and that you are like, you know, I, I'm not sure about that gift. I think this video is going to display, it's normally actually shown uh, at another season, but today I'm going to show it and I think it's going to explain a lot. So, crew, if you would dim the lights and show that, I'd appreciate it. It's about four minutes. Mm-hmm. 
Mary, my betrothed, you have the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen and the sweetest smile. Don't be afraid. I know you're with Sarah. the greatest gift we could ever want. The greatest gift we could ever want. Um, His love for us is unexplainable. His love for us is deeper than we can ever imagine. Um, As was said earlier, if you're feeling guilt or shame or anything, he came so you wouldn't have to feel that. He came so that we could live life and live it abundantly. Now, the enemy wants to come to kill, steal, and destroy but he came to take care of all that. And so I know this time of the year is, has a lot of pressure of Christmas time, of having the right gifts, buying all the right things, doing all the right things, saying all the right things around family, and all that. And, and that's good. That's good if you do that. But I'm saying the world, the media has proportionate way out of where it should be because now we feel guilty if we don't do this big enough or that good enough for our children or for our friends or family and so forth and stuff. And and we get into that trap. But truly, if we've just received the gift of Jesus Christ and celebrate in that way. We've received the only gift that we need to exchange for that day because we're not celebrating the day. We're celebrating an event of Jesus Christ, of the gift of why he came. And that day is what is special about that. Now, there's nothing wrong with celebrating with gifts and meals and happiness and joy. And as a matter of fact, that's great, and I encourage you to do that. But what I'm saying is, is don't let the pressures of this season get you down because I know oppression and depression become so rapid this time of the year that people get so down because maybe family issues or family's gone or whatever and stuff. But I'm saying today is to know that you are special. You are really special because Jesus Christ, the greatest gift of all, came for you. And I'm encouraging today. I don't know what your story is. I don't know what your testimony is. But I'm saying that if it doesn't line up with where you think that the Lord maybe intended it to be, I'm encouraging today to immediately right after the service, I'm I'm asking you to come up. We're going to have a prayer team ready to minister. If 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 there's something going on in your life, you're saying, you know what? I don't have that. I used to have that. 
in my life, but I don't anymore. And I want it back. Life has derailed me. I'm saying the Lord doesn't want you on the derailed. He wants you back with what He planned for you. He planned a life for you like none other. And maybe you're saying, there's some of you in here saying, you know what, I'm not sure I've ever received that gift. I'm not sure that I've ever received that gift ever. Then if that's you, I'm saying, please come up. And what a Christmas season to have that gift to accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior today. So anyway, I pray that uh, you are blessed this Christmas season to know how special you are and to know how loved you are. And I pray you leave here today blessed in whatever way that is and stuff. So, amen. I'll close in prayer here. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, so much for your special gift. I thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord, that your love for us is so amazing. The Lord, that you intended for us to live a healthy life. A healthy life as in loving you, caring for you, being joyful, being happy. And even when things come that are not expected the lord you're always there for us you're always there to help us carry us through those times of hardship those times of unexpectedness they are going to come but lord you are always with us and so we thank you father for that i pray only father lord just over the people today that's here and i pray only father lord that you will just bless them with your love to know how special they are as they leave here today, Lord, I pray that over them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.